Welcome to Sonoma Ashram's podcast, Sunday Satsang with Babaji. With great love and respect in my heart, I welcome you to this beautiful time together from Varanasi. As Shannon probably told you, it's pretty late here way past my bedtime, but I'm here just greeting you and welcoming you. Thank you for taking this time. Before we begin, let's take a moment to settle down and arrive. Wherever you are, just pull your spine straight. Open your shoulders, close your eyes. Lighten your mind. Invite that peace, calming, cooling sensation in your eyes. Bring your attention to the breath. Breath is flowing in and flowing out effortlessly. If the mind wanders, Bring it back to the breath. As the breath comes in, think of the word so. As the breath goes out, hum. Breathe in so. Breathe out, hum. Just think of it without voicing it. It's the sound of the breath. Pause your breath for a moment, wherever it is. Just pause it. Bring your attention to the stillness of your eyes. Breath is paused. Eyes are stilled. Mind is resting in the center of the forehead.
Release the breath before you begin to stress out. And then continue it again. Pause the breath again, still your mind by stilling your eyes. And slowly release the breath. And gently open your eyes. I'm sitting here in the holy city of Varanasi, the oldest living city on planet Earth. It has been the hub, the center of spiritual life for centuries. People have come from all over India, all over world, all over the world basically, to connect with something that dwells in each heart. The energy is very strong here. On the surface, there is lots of commotion, lots of commotion. If our mind is only on the surface, reacting to what's happening on the surface, it becomes a little difficult to get a glimpse of what's below the surface. The same thing in our life. We are constantly reacting to things that are on the surface, calling it life. Sitting today, I was thinking, I was just sitting in a hut outside and a boat was passing by. Loud music just blaring out of that boat. I looked up. There, there was a teenager in the boat. And he had a huge speaker, two big speakers. And just playing his music. It looked such an innocent moment. This little kid was totally unaware of how he was disturbing others' peace, silence. He was lost in his own world. Instead of being irritated, upset, 
my mind went to, that this kid doesn't know any better. He's totally unaware. It happens in our life too. People are unaware, they do certain things and we get upset. And you find your own reasons to be upset. Because you expect the other person to be a certain way. But the other person is not where you are. It happens to us all, all the time in life. Now, it's up to us whether we get all worked up about it or we find a way out of it. And that was a moment of sadhana. Sadhana is not only sitting in the meditation cushion and doing your mala and praying and reading scriptures. Sadhana is how you take a moment in your daily life that's taking you towards negativity and turn it into posit positivity. That's the alchemy. You read books written about Aghor, that Aghoris are alchemists. That alchemy is not turning iron into gold. The alchemy that I'm talking about is turning negativity into something creative, positivity. Anyway, that was the little experience I had today, so I shared it with you. Another person came today, said, Babaji, I live in fear all the time. Although things are good, but there is a lingering fear in my mind something bad might happen. It was not the first time that I'm listening, hearing this. I've heard this many times here and back in the States. An undisciplined mind keeps throwing these kind of images, suggestions. This person asked me, what can I do? And it took me back to my time with Sarkar Baba, my guru. I had heard him speak once to someone that it's the lack of trust generates fear. Lack of trust generates fear. In Hindi, there is a word, Shraddha and Vishwas. Shraddha and Vishwas. Loosely translated, Shraddha could be called faith. 
And when I mention the word faith, some people can take it in a very negative way. Faith, you mean I have to subscribe to something. Faith, let's look at it this way. Is there something in your life that you believe in? Is there something in your life that you can put your belief in? That's Shraddha. Once we have found a seat for our belief, trust naturally appears. If our faith is weak, our trust is weak. If our faith is strong, our trust is strong. I'm not saying you have to have faith in God or anything like that. Because even the word God has a charge for many people, as I have seen in my wanderings. God is just a name for that great unknown, that great presence. Can you have faith in yourself? And what does that look like? Baba used to say, you have no right to worship anyone else. You have right to worship only yourself. Now, what does the word worship mean? Love, respect. May I not put myself in a situation that I have to think less of myself. May I not put myself in a situation that I feel disrespecting myself. That's called worshipping yourself. Being kind, being loving, being honoring the self is worshipping yourself. Not worshipping your ego. See, there is a difference between the ego and the self. Most of the time, we are defending our ego. Most of the time, we are defending our ego. There is a beautiful teaching at the ashram that most of you have heard. Nothing is worth losing your peace. It's very simple. Nothing is worth losing your peace. Maintaining your peace, little things don't knock you off your balance, is worshipping yourself.
if we are worshiping our ego, little things will hurt our ego and then we react. If I call myself a spiritual person, this has to be very much in our awareness all the time. Whatever it is, whatever you are going to um, act or react, can you take a moment and ask, is this worth losing my peace? The word Shraddha and Viswas, <clears throat> once we have established our faith in something, in India, people have established their faith in so many ways, in little statues, little idols, in the temples. It's establishing the seat. And once you have established the seat of the Guru or established the seat of the Divine in something, your love and respect, you offer love and respect to that, it comes back many fold to you. We have that love and respect, everything we have within us, but we don't have an access to it. So when we take it out and put it on something outside of us, it becomes more accessible. It comes back manifold to us. Shraddha and Biswas, without that, if I tell you, trust yourself. I find myself telling many people, just trust yourself, it'll be fine. But how a person can trust oneself? It's just a concept. Before I begin to trust myself, I tell you my own story. When I had left everything behind on Baba's suggestion that walk away, go to a new place, penniless. I was driving in the car. Fears will come. What will happen? Where is my next meal? Where am I going to sleep? Where is my next food going to come from? In that moment, the only thing that was my support was my Guru's blessing is with me. Something will happen. That was my faith in that I had established in my Guru. That kept me going. 
that something will happen because my Guru's blessing is with me. That kept me from that fear, just diving into that fear. Oh my God, what's going to happen? Establishing the seat of faith in my Guru, I drew strength from there. First came consolation. Something will happen. And something did happen. And it didn't happen just because I had my faith in there and I didn't do anything. I made my effort. I met people. I talked to them and I shared my story with them. Told them about my dreams. So when we have this, establish the faith and make little effort, definitely things happen. Now, as I look back, the trust that I that came from for me by just thinking that Baba's blessing is with me, that trust was my own. It was there. But Baba's presence in my life became the catalyst for that trust to become more readily available to me. In Varansi, Ramayana was written, the holy, the holy text of Ram's life. There is a beautiful line in there. Before he began to write the Ramayana, Tulsidas, he wrote, I bow to Shiv and Parvati. I bow to Shiv and Shakti who reside in each human being in the form of faith and trust. Shraddha Viswasarupinav. Anyway, that was on my thought today because this is the city of faith and trust. Varanasi lives faith and trust. Look at the people. You look at them early morning at four o'clock in the morning, they're walking down to the river to take a little holy dip. What is that energy that's compelling them to wake up at four in the morning and walk to the river in the darkness to take a dip? It is the energy of faith and trust that something will happen. Anyway, I didn't have lots of things on my mind. I just wanted to greet you and see you. It's lovely to see so many faces today. And I would love to hear what's on your mind. I'm here to, to have any questions or anything to say. I can go on saying things like this, but I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. And um, please speak up, Shannon. Thank you, Babaji. If you'd like to speak with Babaji directly, you can let me know by chatting me. Um, and if you'd like me to relay a question or a comment to Babaji, I will do my best to do so. 
Uh, you can put it in the chat and there's some that are already coming in, Babaji. So there's a comment. Thank you, Babaji. This devotional practice of great respect and love has been my inner guiding light. And then there's a question. Question for Babaji. How do we create the trust? Uh, I am in India, as you know, and without trust for sure, there is nervousness and fear too. How do we create trust? I thought that's what I was speaking about. Look at what, where is your faith? And how serious are you about it? Faith is not only taking some water and pouring it on a piece of stone and ringing bell and flowers. Those are the rituals. Rituals take us to something that's much deeper. And may we not do everything mechanically. Just because it is done, so I'm doing it. Whatever you do, it has to come from the depth of your heart. So look at your faith. What do you, where do you have, where have you established your faith? It doesn't need to be in a uh, thing with a form. Even it could be done, be in a formless. How can you establish your faith in formless? By thinking, if you look at it, you are constantly surrounded by unconditional love. You are in the form of five elements, earth, water, air, fire, and space. These five elements are available to us unconditionally. And if you look at your journey, whatever you have needed from the moment you were born, it has been provided. You came empty-handed in the world. You didn't bring your lifelong supply of oxygen and water. Came empty-handed, totally vulnerable. Whatever you needed, was provided. It may not have come through the same instrument that you had expected. If your mother didn't love you, maybe the grandmother was there to give you that unconditional love. If your father didn't love you, maybe the uncle was there or grandpa was somebody. The love did come to you. You needed food from somebody. That person didn't give you, but somebody else gave it to you. So whatever we have needed, it has come to us from one way or the other. And what could be a bigger example of trust? Trust the one who has provided you so far. So far, I'm looking at everybody in front of me. We have lived a pretty good life. And we are here. So if we say that I can't trust, I don't know how to trust, trust, 
Because look at your own life. Every day is filled with trust. <clears throat> I'm not sure if I'm answering your question. No, you answered it, Babaji. Thank you so much. My question oh. is, what, what is my faith? That is my question. Settle my faith and then everything else will follow. Thank you. Okay. Subodh, <laughs> your faith is you come to your guru. You come to come to your guru. I'll see you today after tomorrow. I'll no, tell I'm... you. What... <laughs> All right. Baransi waits awaits you. Come. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there are there's several questions in the chat. So uh, the next one is how do I increase my capacity to receive self-love, respect, and care? When I try to give myself these things, I find there is a part of me that is afraid to receive them. Start very simple. And if you are aware of the teachings from the ashram, the nine points of daily routine, start there. It's a very, very, very simple things. And if you haven't heard it, I will just go quickly. As soon as you wake up in the morning, just sit in your bed, take three nice deep breaths. Start there. Once you have taken the breath, just check which nostril is flowing, right one or left one. Whichever is flowing freely, step on the ground with that foot first. And then walk straight to the kitchen, pour yourself a nice glass of water, twist a little lemon or lime in it, drink it. This is the prescription I give to people who come to me who tell me I don't know how to love myself. Start with those three. These are very simple steps. These are not, I haven't coined them up. These are old ancient Ayurvedic uh, charya. And it's good for you. The first thing that you do in the morning that's good for your body is an act of love. When you are checking your nostril, which one is flowing and honoring that and taking that foot, putting that foot on the ground first is an act of, you're sending a message to yourself. I'm listening to you. First one, by taking those three deep breaths, I'm being present with you. Second one, I'm listening to you. Third one, drinking the glass of water with a lemon, I care about you. I'm being present with you. I'm listening to you. I care about you. Whether you think about these things or not, you are sending very subtle messages to your 
yourself. And I will just talk about these three. Just like any child who feels like whose parents were present to him, a child who feels heard, a child who feels was cared for, doesn't throw tantrum. That child is more calm, composed. Same thing with ourselves. So if you have thought about starting something for self-love, these three things, I would start with that. And once you have done those three, then I will tell you the rest six later on. Thank you all. All right, uh, let's see. If we are creating a temple in a new home, where in the home should we place it? Northeast corner is considered to be a very auspicious Vastu place for a temple. Northeast corner. And if it's not northeast, just avoid south. That when you sit in front of your altar, you're not facing south. The ideal is northeast. So as you sit in front of your temple, you are facing east in them. Why? If you look at this um, Vastu, Vastu is always following the sun. Sun is the source of energy. So south is a little more agitation, north is calm. So that's why it is suggested to have your temple in the northeast corner of the house. And if you have only one room, northeast corner of the room but if you have a house with many rooms if you have a room close to that direction that's a nice room but please do not think that oh i don't have any space in my house so i can't meditate in the corner just don't sit facing south Thank you, Baba. Um, let's see. How do you balance transforming someone's hurting of your feelings and knowing when to worship yourself and leave? Someone hurting your feeling. Why your feeling is being hurt? Because you are expecting something from them. Are they capable of giving that to you? Look at that. Are they capable? They may have some own story drama going on in their head. So someone else hurting my feelings, I play a great role in that too. And if I notice that that is happening, very quietly, I take a little space. And in a more appropriate time, maybe I can revisit it. But when you are feeling hurt, in that moment you try to address it, it doesn't work. 
when we have a charge and we try to fix the problem with while we are in the middle of the charge, something else happens. If you really want to maintain peace, you have to come from a calm place to talk about it. So that is worshiping yourself, that don't get into a bigger fight because you were hurt and you are going to set it straight. That's not worshiping yourself. That's worshiping your ego. If you really want to worship yourself, remember nothing is worth losing your peace. You see, as I sit here, believe it or not, I'm looking straight through my window towards the cremation ground where the bodies burn. That's the ultimate journey. When we get there, all these hurts and this and our lots of little stories just end. That's the absolute truth. Baba used to say, if you want to be happy, remember two things. Remember God and remember death. And if you want to be happy, forget two things. Good you have done to the other and the harm that other has done to you. This goes beyond all the psychology. It goes straight to the heart of the matter. Yeah, that was pretty heavy, Shannon, huh, for this crowd. <laughs> that was beautiful, Babaji. I, there's actually so many. I, I can't even count the number of thank yous in the in there in the chat. And let's see here. There's only there's one more question, maybe two. Uh, any suggestions for us to do and honor on Lunar Eclipse Day? In India, when the moon or sun are in eclipse, we don't look straight at them. We don't look at it. That is the time people usually step in a water body of water and bathe and avoid looking at the, the moon that's going in eclipse. But what happens in the States, I hear fireworks go on and people start looking and running and get all excited. Uh, no, that's a not appropriate thing to do. Somebody is being eclipsed and I'm celebrating. Think about that. And the scientifically, I think there is a, in our homes when I was growing up here, no food was consumed that was cooked before the eclipse. That food was thrown away. After the moon had gone out of eclipse, new food was cooked and you were eaten. So some kind of rays, some kind of energy comes on the earth at that time uh, that could be a little harmful. So that's why people stay out of that 
and bathe and do other things. But I can't scientifically prove it or I haven't read much, so I can. But that's what people do. Now, how are you going to honor the moon eclipse? It's very good, appropriate time to sit somewhere and do your meditation. During the eclipse, if you do your job on your mala, you, you get married for 10 times. And if you do your job during an earthquake, you get married for a thousand times. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're settled, you're settled, nothing can disturb you. And if you can, are able to do one mala during an eclipse, uh, in an earthquake, you get married for a thousand mala. But during an eclipse, if you do it, you get it 10 times. So sit down somewhere quiet and meditate and send some loving healing energy towards the moon that's going through eclipse. It's beautiful to see you all here. My love and blessings to you for your good health and well-being.